Enter new our presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 45, All Good Things. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, and it is Tuesday. It is 5 o'clock, which means we've both clocked out of the office and checked into the pub, uh, which is the term we will be using for the entire month of March. Um, I believe we are in Women's History Month, and we are in the unofficial Irish Heritage Month. That wonderful time of year where everyone thinks that drinking green beer and speaking with a bad barogue makes you Irish. <laughs> and with me, Graybeard of Graybeard's Tavern, and uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I gotta wait for my heritage till October, so you know it's all good. It's all good. I'll drink green beer until then. I no. mean, for this month. Um, no, no, no there is. <laughs> There is never a good reason for drinking green beer. Okay, uh, there is never a reason for green beer except when you want to mess with people, mm, mm. which which we did. Because when I went to the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, yeah. which was a thing, I, I hate to say this, 30 years ago? I I have I have a bottle of wine. I have a bottle of wine somebody bought me from there. It's probably so. vinegar now, but oh yes. <laughs> um, but we had I brought back and Raddy and Gear. Welcome, by the way. Sorry for not saying that sooner to both of you. And yes, indeed, good evening to you, my dear friend Raddy. Um, I brought back a four pack of Romulan ale, that mm. wonderful blue alcohol that they serve mm. on the show, and and it became a running joke where everyone new to the group had to have a Romulan ale. Because it mm-hmm. was blue going in, <laughs> and and best described as when you go to the bathroom at a certain point, universally we would hear, "What the heck?" <laughs> because, Asparagus yeah. pee. Um. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely a thing. Nor green milk. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Green milk—that's a definite void. Um. So, um. Uh. My big thing on this last week, just to get out of the way early, that as mm. part of our inspiration for our topic of the week, in my opinion, from where I was coming mm. from, mm-hmm, was that mm-hmm. we wrapped Waterdeep Dragon Heist this week. Yes, we did. I got to be in it, so that was good. That was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I don't think it was too crowded, even with all the players. I think everybody kind of... You know, was very polite to each other, and you know, let let everybody speak and stuff. So there, it, there was it, a lot of uh, no, no, no. You go, mm-hmm. which I really respect. Arwen, who was also present for yeah. the wrap of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, um, which was a lot of fun. It was, it was terrifying to me, just just the sheer number of people, and I knew we needed one epic fight. Mm. And the one of the harder parts for me was when I realized you were going to pass on the first obvious bad epic fight, you mm. took a really long time getting to the second epic fight. Yes. And it was yes. like, we got to hurry. I was almost like, I'm just going to ambush y'all. Because I can't <laughs> wait for you to like figure out this is a thing you're, you're, you're just going to have to have. And there was no way on topic for this week, I was letting y'all sneak out of there. Well, and that's I uh, when when I was like, oh, I was I had that torn moment where I'm like, I'm a good character and this is a gold dragon. <laughs> I was having this and I'm like, I'm like, 
is this supposed to be the big fight? Are we, I mean, can, are we going to be like, wah, wah, there's Dragon Heist. You know, <laughs> we walked away with, you know, two gold in our pocket, mm-hmm, you know? And, and so I was like, I felt really, really bad. So it was, it was good that Manchun was there, you know, in, in the next part. So uh, old Archmage battle. Yeah, and there's still room for it to keep going. That's the other thing I love about that campaign mm. is that there's so many things you can do with it. Um, it was a lot of fun, and um, we're we're flirting with the big deals. If you haven't seen it, you can check out the full video on YouTube, and the audio is available immediately on Patreon for at Patreon.com/slash/LearnToNoir. Uh, the audio will be released to podcast platforms for public consumption on March twentieth. So if you if you don't want to wait to hear all the the grim and gritty details about negotiating with a dragon in disguise, um, mm-hmm. that's an option available to you too. What else has been going on in your particular neck of the woods besides crashing my parties? Uh, so uh, <laughs> we played we played Wilder Myth, of course, Sunday mornings, and it was amazing because after we I had lost ninety hours of of mm, gameplay. Yes. Uh, fortunately, um, you know, Twitch still had VODs and, uh, and YouTube, you know, I still had episodes posted there, but we lost the characters. We lost the legacy characters and all this stuff, which was just, you know, heartbreaking. Um, so after the, after the show on Sunday, uh, Citizen, uh, who is a, a computer engineer, sat with me and we did a discord meeting and shared screen and we were able to recover we managed to due to his like you know coding i mean we were opening files and looking for code and stuff so he managed to uh do magic because of course to you know uh, a, a simpleton uh like me what they do with code is magic it's chat it's shadow run hackers our magic that that's their own type of magic <laughs> the, the the day of shadow run is upon us in who mm-hmm. I, I still remember i've said this before on on the podcast but i'll say it again i remember back then thinking who in their right mind plugs their coffee maker into the <laughs> internets and let some hacker get into the network <laughs> by way of the coffee maker <laughs> That was I remember that thought in 1989 when we're playing Shadowrun and someone goes, "Well, I'm going to hack in through the slave node, which is that it looks like it's a coffee machine." And going, "Yeah, right." And now we look around now, and, yep. and who doesn't have a, a coffee maker that's attached to the internet? Yep. <laughs> Alexa, lights 80% in the living room, please. Or uh, uh, certain uh, LB individual that we know has all the places <laughs> in her house named after nerd stuff. Uh, so you can say, say Alexa, turn the lights on in Moss Isley, and the lights in the front room come up. Or you know, <laughs> turn the lights down in Mordor, and the lights go down in the, you know the other room stuff. So it's it's uh, it's freaking amazing. Uh, some some excellent points raised by our guests. Um, mm. How is the dragon a curveball in a campaign called Dragon Heist? Because <laughs> because we're seeking gold dragons, <laughs> coins, dragons. Like Although that, that does make such a so. wonderful twist there too, because it's legit. Like uh-huh. well, obviously the Dragon Vault 
is where mm-hmm. the dragon coins are. Right. Um, and Les, yes, indeed. If you're if you are married to a coffee maker, odds are she is attached to the internet because we all are these days. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. The internet has been over the last year to me an amazing boon. Mm, um, mm. So awesome you got Wildermuth back. That's awesome. Yeah. I know you've been the most dedicated I've seen to that. Well, and we even we even set up a thing too where he he was able to help me create a new player because you can you can have multiple players on a same on the same in a um, in a game and stuff. I was able to make a new player and take the the new start we just started a couple weeks ago when that happened, and make a new player that has all of that game's information. Oh. We were able to like go into files and you know, snipping bits and put in new stuff and, and, and make it, uh, make it work so that now I can play both of those campaigns because I don't want to, now that we've got new people and new players and new characters, I want to be able to at least finish that storyline with those characters and then go back to where we were. So it was very sweet. Very, I mean, uh, citizen, he's been a part of my community for, Gosh, years now since since I was playing Hearthstone. Um, so Ooh, yeah, so it's like played. so it's like like five years now or so. So uh, so yeah, and then so it was really great to to have that assistance and have someone just be able to just be like like I said, you know, in my brain it was hacker magic, you know, and <laughs> the Matrix and anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, my old guard gaming group on uh, Saturday nights, they uh, we had, uh, and this will lead into our other stuff. Uh, I had to kind of, I had to make a decision and had to ask a player to leave. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, uh, but we can get into that when we talk about campaigns and ending things and, and yeah. that sort of deal. Um, and then, other than that, I played in a non-streamed game Ooh. with with uh with indoor adventure basically our monster noir group didn't meet because indoor had a lot of personal stuff happened and a, and a thing that happened at his work that was like a big deal and so we didn't play on thursday so we played on friday night and uh i got to play my gnome, my Phalost gnome named Munchacruncha Moonbeam, who is a, a barbarian. So he's a druid barbarian and he's like three foot tall with green anime hair. And uh, he's he's just a, an absolute joy to play. He's like a little kid. At one point, I mugged a teddy bear for, at a tea party and stole this bow tie. And uh, at another point, I, I made... Uh, sexy eyes at a gibbering mouther, even though its eyes were like two foot apart and then looked like I was going to give it a kiss and then <laughs> and bit it. And so I bit it while it was biting me. And so, you know, craziness ensued and that was fun. That's but that awesome. was it for me. That's it for me. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it sounds like quite a, quite a lot on the plate. Yeah. Um, we, I am slide this week. I am going to, if we go Sunday through Saturday, I will have dungeon mastered four different games because um, we, we did the convergence on Sunday. Last Saturday, we had our session zero of for what is currently titled The Bitter Victory. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to migrate the, the title to be called The Fiddler's Do. <laughs> um, 
because of just kind of like the way the story arc is is like going. I'm like, I kind of want it to go this direction. And if yeah. the whole game is called The Bitter Victory, I think it's going to disappoint some players. Right, um, right, we, right. We did our session zero for that with three of the four players. Hmm. Um, we're going to have to kind of... Jesse's played with me before, so I'm not too worried about her coming, joining into the game. Yeah. Um, this also coming... So that'll be this Saturday. We're going to go have our first full session. That's the swashbuckly um, one, That's right? the swashbuckly one. That's the, Rob, run a game. I will run a game. I have a book. Scroll through TikTok. Never mind. I found my plot. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm a little <laughs> bummed that the, the woman who put together the TikTok that inspired it never got back to me even with a declination, but, eh, mm, mm. you know, she's the, the life the life of an internet celebrity mm, um, mm. as such things. Um, and then after that, I have about a 30-minute recharge, right. and then the Candlekeep game is getting together. So there's that. Um, Mm. And then tomorrow night, the neat thing with the convergence from our previous games is we actually just finished a story arc. Oh, okay. So like it was one of those where they had been pursuing this evil forge god Mm -hmm. and they had been investigating his minions because he was making his own automations to go out there and fight. And they never actually unlocked the true story about how they were created before things just kind of spiraled out of control. So, um, so that wrapped up, but we ended on one of those notes where like, we got to the end of the session and we're like, and that's the end of that story arc. There's no cliffhanger or anything. It's just like, Mm. and done Mm. because they, they did what they defeated who had to be defeated and they escaped the convergence event and they got out and they're like, okay, I guess we're going to watch all the, the commoners go start a new village somewhere. And and our new friend is going to go off with them. Which because we had uh, June, who's going to be in my Ravenloft game, was a guest mm. star for two weeks, uh-huh. and cool, so we brought cool. her in and let her kind of you know get a feel for things, and it was fun. Um, but that was last week, so yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind around here. And I had all last week off for midwinter break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been getting up every morning. And I do my morning coffee stream. Yep. That I usually do on weekends. I've been doing. I did that every day last week. I know. I saw. Like, I would. I would be at work, and I would be like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> cool." <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot. I cannot watch directly yep. there. It's it's the, the bummer. It's due to the firewall. Uh, they they finally found the Twitch on my firewall too. I used to watch it at lunch, and uh, I can't now because they they shut that down. Um, but and I, I need to find a game. We'll talk about that on the back end. But I, I think right. I love my XCOM, but I think I've now hit the spot where it's like, I think I need something different. So anyway, um, speaking of wrapping up story arcs, Sunday night, we, we wrapped Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Last Wednesday, my convergence group wrapped actually like a full story arc. They were, yeah. hey, here's a side quest. And they went, we're going to go follow the side quest. And then they did the entire side quest and it's now in their journal as a completed quest. Right. Right. Um, which is kind of a weird, first of all, that's a weird mechanic. Right. Right. <laughs> going, going old for a second here. I remember back in the days of MMOs where you would talk to the NPCs mm-hmm. without there being like a dialogue box. Right. You would just go up to the NPC and you would type something and say, and if what you said was on its trigger list, it would respond. Right. And then you could you had to figure out how to make the dialogue happen. Right. <laughs> to get the information to do the quest. And the only way you knew the quest was done is you had somehow maneuvered the right NPCs and saying the right things and then right. give them the right stuff. And they gave you stuff back. You're like, 
guess that's the end of the quest. Right. Right. So do I do I now have to keep poking at them with other things? Yeah. Let's try. Mm. Um, Say, do you have more work for me? Mm. Where can I go from here? Mm. Are there other? It's like you know, and so forth and so on. Um, But anyway, so it's the idea of wrapping a game is really fresh in my mind, Mm. and that's why I got me thinking. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's where what can we do with this idea of games that have ended well, games that have ended not so well. Um. Setting aside the obvious, we just stopped meeting together because scheduling. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's a, we'll, we'll have to do a, a campaign killers or something uh, at some <laughs> point, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, um, yeah. Um, I think that it's what I have done with the uh, old guard guys on Saturday nights is I, I've been trying to do like 10 or so sessions in a system and, and in a game and do it maybe one or two arcs in there and then try something else. Cause I, I know that I know that if I try to run a weekly for more than that, yeah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll start burning out or losing it or not caring. And it, it, it'll get to the point where I'll be like, my ideas move faster than than the game can and so if i don't cut it to like 10 sessions and then switch out and go to something else it i'm my brain is already you know (laughs) two years ahead and and if i don't switch out and then come back like um we played uh impulse drive sci-fi game and there was this great point where it, it was like a great story arc hanging you know, uh, time to like, you know, cliffhanger, <gasps> the end of season one, and then now do 10 weeks or so of, of this next thing, and then maybe go back to it or, you know, uh, move to the move to a new, a new system or a new game altogether. So that and that's kind of like when I, when I set out to set up, um, the convergence, um, I knew I was thinking in terms of, a season at a time we were going to mm-hmm. do one campaign it was going to be about it wasn't going to be even a full i was thinking like maybe six months mm-hmm. um and then we would wrap it and i could if, if it went well we could look at well let's do a season two let's do another clear story arc maybe you have all the same characters maybe have someone leave maybe have someone come in and go a to b and then have that nice neat set yeah. planned wrap point which i think looking back over the years the campaigns that have ended by, be, due to scheduling often also ended because they never had an end. Right. It was one adventure into the next with the, the, the name of let's have another adventure. Right. Okay. Well now we're fifth level. We should go find something. Let, let's, let's see if we can hire ourselves out as mercenaries and see what happens with that. Or let's keep looking for so-and-so's lost mother with, me and as a DM, not actually having figured out where the lost mother was, <laughs> that was just the motivation to go out adventuring. Right. And then you get that, like after a certain point in time, it, things just sort of peter because there's no clean rap point. Yeah. Is so in, so in high school and then in college, there was a period where where campaigns were about two to two and a half years, mm-hmm. and, and but I mean they were like 
Friday night as soon as everybody can get out mm -hmm. until Sunday afternoon when we would go and have tacos, you know? <laughs> so it would be like, it would be like these, you know, all weekend affairs where we would just play and play and play. Um, and, and those would run, like I said, like, you know, two, two and a half years. And then it would be, you know, somebody moved or somebody did this or, Oh, now we're, the, these guys are graduating from high school and they're off to college or whatever. And so then we'd change it up. Um, yeah. So that, that was the way that went for a while. I know that uh, if, if Dr. Gears internet is still out there, he will, he will always say that he, he wanted to play higher level campaigns. And I, I, I am, I don't like to go above like 10th level. By the time you're 10th to 12th level, you are movers and shakers. You are lords of the land. You are superheroes, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you get to that fourth tier, you get to that like 15th level, you're like, nah, I'm, I'm juggling the spheres of the cosmos. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> um, well, that's, I mean, that is one of the big challenges for me is like, I have a hard time conceiving storylines that are interesting to characters at that level, mm -hmm. which means I'll play in a campaign of 15th level. I mean, I'll be a person that mm -hmm. can do that, but trying to think of an interesting story arc that lets us explore a character, like have the characters explore it or work with it or be challenged. I was like, man, that's a tough, that's a tough place to be. You're fighting gods at that point. Well, and, and that was what was good about, you know, so Back in, the, back in the day, uh, modules were like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, if they were over 50 pages, that was pretty crazy. You know, yeah, they you were like, worth. you know, um, you had to go to like Deserts of Desolation or a campaign book to get beyond like 20 pages or 30 pages of stuff. But those modules would be written for characters levels 15 to 20, you know. And so, you know, if you didn't have also then back then, we, we weren't attached to characters like we are now. So it would just be like it would be like. Oh, yeah, you know, you would shotgun blast these characters because you were playing so much or so often or whatever. And you would just be like, uh, OK, we're going to be playing like 10th level. Who's ever got like 10th level characters? Let's let's do this. And you'd be like, "Ooh, Lord Garth, my my fighter is like 11th level. He's good to go. Let's do this. Um, and so you would have this pantheon of characters more than you would have uh uh you know this is my character um yeah and we have the comment about losing players to things like life-changing like college can mm -hmm. do that and even afterwards yeah um just lost my best to grad school yeah and grad school's intense and stars without numbers hey you know sometime if you're doing a one shot um <laughs> great great game really good game uh old too that's an that's an ancient game that's like an 80s game which so. just, makes, just makes it a classic yeah it's uh, retro yeah. mm. it's retro what's interesting when i was in college um campaigns ended when the school year did yeah you you basically we, we had like two kinds of games we ran in college which were the um mini mini arcs where it's like oh we're gonna get together for three for a long weekend to play it yeah or for like three sessions 
or that was the um, school year long campaign where it was right. one where you got together, you kind of figured out who was going to be playing on what night and with who around yeah. late September. And then you had until May. <laughs> and then whatever you were doing wrapped. That was my, the one of the best campaigns I played in was a Vampire the Masquerade game. Hmm. And the guy who ran it, uh, his name's Joseph Wolf. He works for Citadel Miniatures now as a writer, hmm. um, which, you know, I'll name drop because mm-hmm. I can, because he was my DM in college. Um, there you go. But it was like, it was a really good vampire game, except it didn't have a traditional, like, here's your antagonist, go deal with it. Mm. He did a lot of, what's your, what does your character want? How do you help each other, if you want to, get that thing? And yeah. then um, each of us had a pursuit of my character actually achieved return to humanity. Mm. Or she reached, she reached Golconda. She reached yeah. that, that level of, like, I don't really need to do this vampire stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which for her was like a major arc in that storyline of, like, she just she was never really in on the whole I am a disciple of Cain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got lots of good playoff. It was really well done, but also kind of, I think he knew we've got five more sessions. We have four more sessions. We have three more sessions. Yeah. We, we, that's always that hanging over your head, a known end date and yes i remember when classes had different xp level advancements i remember thinking of the legions it Mm. being at least in my circles Mm. uh you did not just make a 10th level character right you made a first level character and then you found people to run enough dungeons Mm. that you could earn your way up to 10 and then you might tuck him in a folder somewhere and that's there. You're you're right on. That's what I'm saying. You had this pantheon of characters, you know, and because, uh, you know, one guy would be like an 11th level rogue and you'd be like a seventh level wizard because it was like millions, millions of, yep. <laughs> of XP out there to, to get to, you know, the next level as a wizard, which is crazy. Well, crazy. I remember, I think it was, was it third that introduced Milestones unofficially? Mm-hmm. Where they kind of said, if you don't want to keep track of XP, just say when the party has enough XP to go up a level. And a lot of players were like, oh, what do you mean we're not tracking XP? How do we know when we level up? How? Well, and it was and a all, real scandal. Also, the, 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 I don't think they did. They call it CR then. I can't remember, but it would get to a point where you were not getting XP for cobalts. You could you could you could genocide every cobalt on the planet, and you would get no XP for it. And 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 it was a interesting. It was interesting because you could see that was you know them like starting to you know want to nail the nail put nails in the coffin of the the you know. Where's that? Well, if we burn down the nunnery and kill that puppy, we'll go up a level, you know? Um. I want to say, I think third, I think third edition had the XP budget. That sounds correct. I know fourth did, because that was one of the things that finally yeah. got me playing fourth was the idea of planning encounters <clears throat> around an XP budget. Mm. I think second may have had something in it. Um, that started to say at a certain point you don't gain XP for certain things. Mm. Uh, but I yeah, don't remember maybe, it. 
maybe in the power heroes and powers books yeah. or whatever a splat book at nearing the end when they were when they were starting to try things for third yeah because well, because that was also a phase two where it's like they didn't have a lot of back in the day and we're way off topic we should come back mm, to it here mm, mm, but mm. they didn't have tools for dungeon masters to plan potentially balanced encounters right it was kind of one of those where like you have like your i think it was third but it may have been second had your list of suggested monsters per level right. in the back of one of the books and you're like oh it's a, a, a party of third level characters flip 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 okay so and you'd have like 50 monsters to pick from yeah, or uh, and they be like groups too. Even in uh, it, again, last last thought from me on this. Uh, even in advanced D and D first edition, they had monsters by level yes. charts. They had like random charts of you're this level. Well, here's all the monsters. Roll randomly. Mm-hmm. You know, you want you want a wilderness monster of fifth level. And they were usually like fifth to seventh and, and yep. bit into chunks. But yeah, there were lists for that. So, uh, yeah. But, and I think the the thing about ending and it kind of like comes back to where we were, it's like thinking in terms of my convergence group, they just finished the module of mm-hmm. the, the, the God of the war forge. Yeah. And that was their three session. Very, it's a thin module. It's mm-hmm. not very long. It'll be on Patreon later. Um, mm. And once I finish writing the other thing up. Uh, but it was. It was like, okay, here's your hook. They they came across a roadblock. Mm-hmm. They rescued a girl. They followed her to meet up with her sister. They then followed these breadcrumbs into this big climactic ending. And then they were done. And the module ended. Yeah. And I think when I think about campaigns from when I was younger the campaigns usually ended because we uh, scheduling happened, but we were Mm -hmm. always running modules, right? It was so-and-so is going to run this module and we need to have characters of this level. And usually over the course of a weekend or a couple of weeks, we'd run the module and then we like, okay. And we'd all level up. And in theory, the campaign was just, there was no long story arc to it. Yeah. All the story arcs we had were like entirely, of our own creation, if we even ever invested that much in our characters. <laughs> Whereas now I feel like there's so much more about the story. It's a little bit weirder because it's like, these are long stories to tell and there's a lot going on and making sure that everyone keeps coming every week so that you can pursue all of these stories and yeah. have all of this character growth. And yes, second edition had a chart for stinking everything. Some of those charts <laughs> belong in the refuge bin of history. Because I have seen the Kickstarter for some of the miniature lines that came out of those charts. I'm like, clearly you do not have a girlfriend if you think this is the thing that should be on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Or boyfriend. I mean, we don't judge. I'm just saying. Yeah, the um, uh, some of the other things. So plotting or, or, or planning to end a campaign, I think is is good because it gives you the opportunity to in this day and age particularly if you're playing online it gives you a chance to go okay that ended and if there was issues or things that you couldn't deal or you need to switch players or or Mm -hmm. or or, you know again scheduling wasn't working out and you had a player who could only be there like half the time anyway or whatever i think that that's where 
where working in in manageable chunks of like two and a half months, you know, or a couple months, eight, eight, 10 to 12 sessions. If you plan on like 10, then you've got a couple weeks leeway and you're looking at like three months. Um, I started playing that way in with, um, uh, it's now weave the tail and counter role play. They do those set those seasons that are like three months at a time and, and run campaigns like 12 weeks. And I just thought that was that, that became the way I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I did, uh, when I started streaming D and I had mistake somewhat mistakenly. I don't know. I had, my brain at the time was so many people want to play in games that I had to set up a set. This is going to be six weeks. This this adventure mm-hmm. is over. This will be six weeks. This adventure is over. What was nice with it is that it grew into a, we got to the end of the first session and it was like, I didn't know how much I really wanted to work to right. find four new players. And the mm-hmm. players I had were like, we kind of want to keep going. <laughs> so we just kept going and it turned into a, um, year-long Ravenloft game. Right. The, the first three adventures were the build-up to Curse of Strahd, and then we did all of Curse of Strahd all the way through, and then we got to a very clear climactic ending, mm. and I was like, and we are done. We are not. We're not going to go in and keep doing extra stuff just to do it. We're going to... Um, can't count the number of times I've been mad for not wrapping up a campaign, <laughs> and just letting it die. <laughs> oh, being called out, no. called out, li- shots, called out live. shots fired, shots fired, <laughs> called out live. Mm. Oh yeah, but I had I had said that earlier, Gear, where I was like, oh yeah, you, I, you're, you've always been the one who's been like, and can we be higher level? Because we have played one through seven, <laughs> yep. you know, one through seven, like dozens of times. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, a lot of times, and I'm going to say this is because I didn't have tools at the time to 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 end things, and stuff would get weird or complicated with people, and. Um, it would get weird or complicated with people. And I just didn't want to do it anymore mm. when, and I, I've said this for decades, D and D is a game or role-playing is a game. And when a game isn't entertaining or fun, I, I don't want to do it. And so there would, there would come up with, with some stuff and this with that. And, and um, I will say here again, live to that, the whole thing that just happened with myself and one of the other players was going to kill this campaign. You know, the, the it, I was like, okay, I, I am done dealing with that. I, I don't want, I don't want to play it anymore. I, I just don't want to DM it anymore. And that's why I had to make the hard decision and ask someone to, to walk away. Um, and I, that happened, but it saved the, save the game so well that and that's the thing we can't always we always have to remember is at the end of the day we're here to have fun Mm -hmm. and so if it stops being fun and the thing is i it's always a weird spot because when you're having fun you don't want to stop right but at the same time you don't want to go to the point you're not having fun anymore 
when you when you get the group together and you're getting together because it's a habit it's a thing we do every thursday night and you know no one's really gained a lot out of it the encounters feel kind of bland you know no one's really thought up a new character for and you know no one's really like added a, a quirk to their character so even the role play is all kind of pre-programmed we know that when mm. we have a random woman from town walk up the bard's going to hit on her. The rogue's going to pick her pocket. The paladin's going to beat them both down. And the wizard's going to go, what's the mission? <laughs> and we do it every week. And so there's this weird dichotomy, this paradox between should we end when everyone's having fun or do we draw it out until we're all miserable? Yeah, it's the jump the land shark moment. Um, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, you're like Fonzie on the motorcycle and you're like, oh, there's the land shark. What am I doing? Oh. Um, yeah. So. so for those that are not completely familiar with that, that particular oh. cliche, <laughs> uh, the famous sitcom Happy Days. Mm -hmm. uh, had had started a downward slide into the episodes becoming weirder and weirder because they were running out of story arcs and they were running out of actors. Mm -hmm. People kept aging out of the show. It's supposed to be a show about being a teenager in America. It was based on the movie American Graffiti, which yep. was an incredibly popular and incredibly good film about teenage life in yep. the late 60s, early 70s. Um, and in that show, the one of the 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 bad boy characters was dared to jump over a shark tank on his motorcycle. <laughs> and it was considered one of the worst episodes of television history, <laughs> which then led to the phrase jumping the shark. When something mm -hmm. finally has hit that spot where it's like, nobody wants to watch it because it, it doesn't even take itself seriously anymore. Uh, and it's, that's a, uh, I about that time period. I came up with the five seasons you should never write a show. When you go into a show, no matter how popular it is, you should Water plan. Skins. You should you should plan the 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 show to end at five seasons. So I was so happy with the X Files when Chris Carter was like, "Season five, that's it. I'm out." And then people were like, "But but money, but 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 popular money." must make more and he's like not with me you're not i'm i'm done you know yep. and and hence it ended well in my opinion and then you know uh, we had a correction it was on water skis was it i vaguely remember being on the motorcycle but it may have been yeah. like he may have been out skiing they don't pull him on a boat and i you know what no one's seen it it was a bad episode yeah well and the thing is too is there's an episode where he does jump his motorcycle and has an accident so I I could be conflating that in my skull yep. too. Well, so. even Star Trek, they all run seven yeah. seasons, mm. and that's been that was baked into it, you know, from the get go. And even like the first, the original series, which only ran two, yeah, was advertised as a seven year mission. <laughs> if I remember, if I recall correctly, it was like a yeah, this is timely. It has a set, you know, this is going to happen, yeah. Um, but it gets to that, like, I feel like there's that weird thing where my advice to a dungeon master now is mm -hmm. if you see an ending coming and you're scared of it, go get the ending, have it, and then have a real talk with the players about how everyone feels about picking back up again. Because some of them are going to go like, you know, we, we save the town, we put down the evil forge god, yeah, there's still this whole thing about saving the world, but, you know, I feel like this is a good place for me to bow out. 
Yeah. You know, this is a good spot for us to bring in a new player or and, and whatnot. Cause that's, that's, it's just, they're hard to find. If you don't let the players have them, mm. it's hard to make that enthusiastic choice to come back. Right. And it, and it could be like you were saying, they were just so used to, that's what I do every week. That's mm-hmm. what I do with my Sunday. And they, you know, I have, you know, when you, when you, when you're growing up and stuff, it's usually the people that are, or when at least I was growing up and stuff, it was usually the people that you were around that mm-hmm. were your D and D friends. And that, yep. that was the thing. And I mean, you know, we we had one player who used to sit at the table and read a book <laughs> until an encounter would happen. And then he would blah, blah, blah. And every time he'd be like, no, I'm having a great time. This is, you know, but that was his level of interaction. He didn't care about any of the rest of it. You know, it was just now it's that I'm the fighter and it's time to roll dice. That's that's, that's what I want. He's playing a board game and entertaining himself at the same time. And then. You know, we'd, we'd had other players who would just, like, start nodding out at the table, you know, because they were just like, no, I, I, I want to kick in the door and I want to do this thing. There's talk, 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 you know. <laughs> and so because they were our friends, that is what we played, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, um, like, since I started streaming, we've had the two campaigns come to ends, mm. um, which has been fun. Um, I'm thinking too about like our never ending shadow run game from high school, which was the one that it didn't have an end. We just kept doing another module from somewhere. Yeah. Which also created some problems because I mean, we were, we were teenagers. We were new to gaming. It was the late eighties, early nineties. Um, we didn't really think in terms of that, but it also meant if I made a new character, I didn't have any experience points invested in it yet. So I'm like, oh, I really want to try playing a druid. Right. They had rules for druids that came out in a later source book. It was like, okay, well, that'd be kind of cool. But my one friend who had been playing the the same character since we started with Shadowrun was like, oh, yeah, you can do that. I've been playing my character for a year and a half. I've got 800 points of karma invested in them. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you're cute there with your little, you know, spellcasting six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh. I'm just going to take this Kool-Aid picture of D6s <laughs> and, and roll for my punch. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, it was it was definitely a game that would have benefited from saying, let's end the story arc. Everybody make new characters, start at the same place. You know, If you want to remake your character as in an alternate universe and, and mm-hmm. oh, look, Nightlight is, is back again, but he's, he's a new Shadowrunner. Right. Um, that's cool. But to give everyone that kind of an opportunity to play with um, the, the campaign that Mrs. Noir and I ran, we, we ended up falling to the scheduling. Mm. And that was the one I was thinking of where we'd, we'd done a lot of lore work. We'd done a lot of planning. That was the one where we had halflings as Quakers. Right. Right, right, right. We had, yeah, we had Quaker yeah, halflings yeah. that had no sense of individual property. Everything, mm. everything was community property. You could literally walk into other people's houses and take stuff. Mm. except for family heirlooms. Mm. And those you didn't take because you knew they were family heirlooms. 
<laughs> and because you'd grown up in the culture, you knew what those were. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like you know, did 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 you bar did you borrow Thistlefoot's uh, measuring cup? Oh no no, the Thistlefoot measuring cup has been handed down from generations. <laughs> it it was crafted by elves and blessed by dwarves. No one touches that measuring cup. Oh, that makes sense. I'm just gonna walk in here and. I'm going to share your plate of pancakes. That's what I want to share. Mm-hmm. Nom, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the lurk, uh, Anakin Skywalker, as they come flying through with that. Um, <laughs> all kinds of good stuff. Um, how, how do family heirlooms develop at that point in a culture like that? Uh, over time is the official answer I will give, because I don't think we ever thought it through enough to get to that point. <laughs> We just knew that people had to have certain things where, like, you can't borrow this. Mm. But what it did was it it gave us a cultural justification for the Kender need to steal everything, which we also kind of liked about the Kender halflings from Kryn. Mm, that yep. if it's not nailed down, it will end up in their pouch at a dramatically <laughs> appropriate time. Exactly. And and so that was one of those where we were like, we kind of want to keep that, but we don't want to make them kleptomaniacs. Right. So we made them innocently ignorant. Which which is is, you know, that that works out. And then it's amazing because, again, um, I remember when they wanted to make the the halflings like river folk in three uh, late late second edition halfling splat book they were like okay we got to get away from dolking we're having lawsuits and stuff so we're gonna make halflings these wandering river folk and <laughs> and stuff and uh so yeah it yeah different yeah well i think i i think the dragonland series i think uh hickman and weiss did a very nice job of setting up halflings that are that we have now that are not hobbits mm-hmm. i think i think um, that you could put the two next to each other and go, that's the halfling, that's the hobbit, and be pretty confident between what you've come up with. Yeah. Um, which is which is nice. Hmm. Um, I have not, to my benefit, the only campaign I ever was part of that was a total party wipe. Actually, I was never in a in a campaign. I've never been part of a game that ended on a TPK. Hmm. Um, the closest was one I've talked about. I think I've mentioned it once or twice before was the year-long campaign that I was not in, but I observed that ended because one evil character derailed the campaign in January and then kept it secret until May. And then they announced, oh, by the way, you've all failed. Yeah, you had, yeah. Yeah, and then the campaign ended and he went, well, wasn't that fun for everybody? Don't you feel Mm. bad you missed the chance that you got scammed? We should play again next year. And everyone was like, (laughs) F that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> like, like our our one buddy play says all the time. I I play these games to be a hero. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, if I'm not going to be the hero, I don't want to play. Um, so, okay. So from Arwen, I had a klepto character once. I always leave something in trade. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. that's clever. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. And it, it match it see it matches up really well with Tasselhoff's constant and I think this was true for most Kendra. I don't think it was just Tasselhoff. I think they meant it to be yeah. a racial thing. His earnest belief that he didn't steal it, he honestly picked it up because you dropped it. 
because right. his brain couldn't reconcile the fact that he just stole everything all the time. <laughs> it was like, and that gets back to the idea of like, we were like, how do you have a culture that's built around that? Right. How do you, how do you make that work? And yeah. we're like, well, maybe it's because they're not used to the idea of people owning things. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't think yeah. about property that way. And the other thing we liked about our Quaker halflings was the idea of everything being decided at weekly meetings. Mm. We really loved that tradition. So there wasn't like a, you know, you're being brought in on trial. It's like, oh, we'll deal with that at the weekly meeting. It'll be discussed. Yeah. And that was an element we kept going back to as well. Um, although we did have some good closures in that campaign, now that I think on it. Yeah. So I think that um, nowadays it it probably is good to establish and and to to say in your session zero, if that is what you're planning is, you know, we're going to play 10 or 12 sessions because I was, I was heartbroken in, in uh, indoors um, dragon heist game that I played in. Cause I thought that was a campaign that we were going to play that module. And then we would play something else, you know, we would, these characters, these would just be the, the Tuesday night characters and they would go. And yeah, I was just crushed when, when it was like, huh? Cause somehow I had missed, he had said, we're going to play this like 14 sessions or whatever until Christmas. And I mean, we did end up playing over a year possibly a year and a half or more in the module because we expand he expanded it in all kinds of directions and stuff and but yeah i remember when it was over it was just like wait well what what we're done we're we're done with these characters what do you mean because it was one of you know one of the the first games i had played in with them on that channel you know um because pretty much everything else was either we're only playing this module or, hey, let's be a D&D group that was very old school and just, yeah, that's we're the group. That's who's at the table all the time, right. no matter what we're playing, you know. Yeah, so, oh, it's like, um, oh, shoot. Uh, dork, uh, dork Rolls, I think it is. Mm. Um, I, I've our Dork Tales. Dork Tales. I, they've I, I haven't been as active as they used to but that's like they have their core group yeah and anytime you pop by the channel you see you always have the same one of the guys is always there and it's just a rotating cast around him from it within that circle of friends and sometimes it's D, sometimes it's Shadowrun, sometimes it's cyberpunk sometimes it's some other you know call of cthulhu yeah yeah, um, yeah lots of fun stuff but just a lot of variation uh to stay with that that core group um, but I've, I've always liked the idea of trying to like have a framed, cause I also feel weird for me from the streaming point of view, asking for an incredibly long commitment from people. And right. I, I consider 10 sessions a pretty good commitment. Like that's three right. and a half, four months of every week on time. Yeah. Be here, be, be alert, be ready to be participate, be an active participant. Um, that that's kind of demanding and that's a tough one to, to ask of people, I think. Um, yep. so I'm very grateful to the people that have volunteered to be part of it, uh, because there, there adds a lot to it. Yeah. Particularly if it's not like, like we were saying, if it's not, you know, oh, uh, yeah, this is our, this is our core friend group. We get together every Sunday, Blah. Yeah, you know, 
and and it's like it's different when it's streaming when it's you know when it's on the internet that mm-hmm. it, it just there's a whole different dynamic and way of thinking because it just can't you know it was your hobby in the past where you got together at your house with your yep. friends and that's what you did as your hobby and hence there was no when are when is this going to end what are we doing how is this <laughs> you know there would they, i i would have these like therapy sessions where i'd be like well that was that was the thing you beat the demon you got the book Ta-da! <laughs> you know? and then people would be like wait da-da I don't know. And that's kind of what I think Dr. Gear's talking about. He's like, uh, so it's over. And I just be like, that's all I got, you know, and I didn't back then, you know, I didn't think about it or, or I would get so stupidly bored. Like someone would want to play a module with like, like a campaign book module. And I would just get so, so bored late. This is late three, five, where it would be like, here's the box text. Yep. Okay. Kick in the door, fight the monster, kick in the door, fight the monster. Like I adore village of Hamlet. Uh, whatever Nuln is called. Cannot stand the temple of elemental evil. <laughs> cannot stand it. It's just, is there, so is there anything to it besides boring. kicking down the doors and killing the monsters? That's what I mean. There's there, there is this like overarching story arc, but you don't really feel it. You you're like, Oh, we're on the earth level and now we're on the water level and now, we're on, you know, but it, just, it doesn't have, once you get past known, it just doesn't feel like, cause they even rewrote it for three to try to give it more of a connected, oh, and the great demon will be unchained, you know, type stuff. So, well, it's interesting too on that that vein. My Candlekeep group, we're wrapping up um, Sarah of Yellowcrest Manor. We're finishing that story like story arc mini module uh, yeah. this week, hopefully. And um, and that's been a neat group because we were, we had planned to run all of the Candlekeep adventures. And I, I knew going in, they were like individualized. And we just found a way to kind of keep that story arc going. But we've always had a really nice, neat. It's been a very good, at the end of every one, it's like, do all five of us want to get together? Or does somebody want to bow out? Because here's a good spot right. for somebody to leave because the story is over. And they said to me, we really want to have a guilt-free dungeon romp. Hmm. We want to go kick down doors, kill monsters, take their stuff. Yeah. We don't want to think about why we're doing it. We don't want any moral dilemmas. We don't want to like have to suss out whose side to take. <laughs> One, we're fifth level and we still have starting equipment. <laughs> and two, we just want to use our stuff. Right. And I'm like, sweet. So I bought the follow-up to Dragon Heist, the Water Deep Undermountain, <laughs> thinking, perfect. They can go into the inner mountain and they can kill stuff and take their things. Yeah. And then I opened it up. I'm like, oh, every level of the undermountain is its own self-contained adventure with factions and mm. treaties and major NPCs and backstory. And I'm like, God bless America. <laughs> I just want doors to kick down. Yeah. Yeah. You, so <laughs> there's a, what is it? Uh, I think it's called one page dungeon 
Mm. And it's a, it's a it's a cute little site with all these free modules. They're links to people who've produced modules that you could just run for free. Yep. And a lot of them are very kick the kick down the door, you know, blah blah blah. You know, you know, why are there ogres here? What do the ogres eat? Candles. They they obviously eat candles or adventurers. Yes, that's that's all they have to eat. And then at the end, you're like, there's a black dragon. Why? Why? Where did they come from? And why are they in this? This you know, they can't even fit in the room. Um, you know, <laughs> they have uh, a one page dungeon compendium, and it's amazing. Would you like to guest DM? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, there it is. That might be a fun. Arwen, you meet. We gotta talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of neat, actually, with the Candle Keep group to take a month off and let somebody else run an adventure. I can play in it. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll be Gerald, whom everybody hates. <laughs> oh, speaking of people we don't hate, yeah. LB Hack'em Up is bringing over, some, bringing over a group of friends on a little raid <laughs> to, to hang out with us, and that's awesome. Thank right. you for bringing them in here. Uh, to everybody new, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. The, with me is... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. And today at the Old Timer Tavern, we are talking about the um, different ways campaigns have ended. As we've brought things to a close, we've said, hey, now's a good time to part company, wrap things up, um, and all those kinds of things. But mostly, well, that's what we said we were going to talk about. I think we've mostly Mm. sort of riffed on uh, the nature of campaign planning Mm. more than anything. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, and it kind of goes into this is that sense of the convergence as being campaigns. Right. But I wanted to have room for the players to say, we're, we're ready to, to stop now. Thanks for inviting us to do this. And I got to tell you as a dungeon master, uh, one of the greatest moments was about three weeks ago when I said, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to wrap this season sometime around April ish. So we should mm-hmm. think about what we're going to do. Who wants to keep playing D and D? Are we going to keep doing convergence? Are we going to, you know, do some other thing? And they all kind of went, um, we aren't planning anything else on our Wednesday nights forever. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Not complaining. (laughs) But like, I was, I was legitimately floored that like these players had said, we never want to stop playing that as of now, we do not see an end to us wanting to play this game with these characters, which is really cool. But I still like the idea of having those nice, neat, as we've gone back to a few times, that sense of where's a good place to stop? How do we bring in new players? Thank God we've gotten rid of that idea of you can't start a character at level not one. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I trying to keep a first level character alive. I mean, old red, <laughs> old red box. And yeah, oh, you're God. like, you're like, I just need to keep a character alive through Sunday morning when, when, you know, my mom's coming to pick me up from Brian's house. Uh, please. One of these six guys make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that was like, I remember wanting to play with a buddy of mine in high school when he was um, doing the thing. He, I found out he was playing Dungeons and Dragons. I hadn't played it in a while. I was like, oh, can I get into your group? He's like, well, we're all seventh level. So anything that would be a challenge for me would kill you outright. And anything that is a challenge for you, I can kill outright. I don't think it would be fun. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, it feels a lot like that was a very polite way of saying, no, I don't like you that much. <laughs> Flashbacks to 80s fantasy movies that had 
unashamed, unashamed lack of logic. Evil guy is evil, so evil castle must have no visible utilities because evil magic. <laughs> Crawl. <laughs> well, and that's that's the kind of thing too where there is something, and this, um, oh, what's his name? The DM guy, DM Matt. Matt Mercer. Nope. Oh. Colville. Colville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. talks about the fact that everybody loves zombies. Mm. Because you can throw any kind of zombies at the party, and there's no question that you need to kill them. <laughs> and that's it. There's no like moral compunction about it. There's no maybe we shouldn't take their stuff because maybe they have a justification. It's like no, that's it. Yeah, they're they are the perfect bad guys. I so <laughs> I said this about the Phantom Menace is. The reason they had a droid army is because otherwise you would have Jedi ro- ripping through like a, a tornado, you know, whamp, 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 Cuisinaring people. And, and I just, I'm like, oh, you can't really get away with that. And, you know, it, it, with the, you know, just people flying to pieces. So it was a real good prop up to let the Jedi just, go to town to just mm-hmm. show what a Jedi can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so hence zombies. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I guess I never, when I started playing call of duty, I didn't appreciate the brilliance of the zombie levels. Mm. It's not just zombies. It's Nazi zombies. <laughs> I mean, you want it's a twofer. <laughs> you want, well, I, I often joke about how angry I am and I, I rate it by how, what I am willing to punch mm. in my fury. Mm-hmm. And my resting state is angry enough to punch a, punch a Nazi. Because I believe anybody at any level of calm should be willing to punch a Nazi. Right. And then it kind of escalates up from there. You know, punch a horse. And then my, my highest level of anger is willing to punch a puppy. Oh, oh, Like, geez, I'm yeah. so towering anger. Ooh. I'm ready to punch a puppy. Now, that's dangerous. I mean, that's anger. Puppy rage. Yeah. Um, so somebody made those zombies for a reason. That doesn't make it right. Yeah, yeah. They're bad. Nah. Zombies Necromancer. are bad. Um, there's never. I've. I don't think I've ever come across a story arc with a, with the necromancer where I've gone. Well, you know, he makes a compelling point. <laughs> well, I, I, in an LB campaign, I I had a character who fell in love with the necromancer and 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 uh, nearly well fought actually fought the paladin to save said necromancer and nearly got murdered. So zombies if the rogue are, hadn't helped me. Zombies are politically neutral. An excellent point as well. Um, I remember the days when hating Nazis was considered politically neutral. <sighs> Simpler times. Yeah. Uh, so we, what I'm seeing is campaigns end because you, you say they're going to end. You, you've plotted it from the beginning. Yep. You have DM burnout. Yep. You have player burnout and scheduling. Is there anything else that ends campaigns? Looking at you, chat, also on this one. <laughs> well, I think think about where most of my games have ended. Um, the, biggest, the biggest challenge we've bumped into, drama, yeah. And that, I think that feeds very much into the burnout factor. The I don't like coming because player A and player B always get into a thing. Yeah. And that I could tolerate it the first few times it happened, but 
I don't like hanging out with that group anymore because it's always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes it becomes scheduling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you find the dodge. <laughs> uh, take this Steve. off ramp. <laughs> What's is there? Is that a reference uh, we should know? Steve. So. Again, it's part of that whole thing where you've got this, you know, oh, you get a friends together and you're like, oh, we're friends. And now we're going to play a game. And then you've got a player in there who is just he, he just doesn't get it. You know, he, he, he he's either so old guard that that, you know, so we're going to we'll diss on Steve for a minute. Steve. Um <laughs> That's it literally in our group. If you go, Steve, people know what you mean. He, we were playing a game and he was supposed to be a minstrel, but he so OP'd, min-maxed the numbers that uh, he was a minstrel, but he was a club specialist. And because of the way the game, the, because of the game system we were playing, he was like, you warrior, teach me how to use a spear because technically within the game thing, then I can be a spear and I'll get points to use a spear and Uh. this and that. And it it just, and it, Oh, I'm, I took deathly fear of water because it gave me extra points that I could then manipulate my, this and this and the other thing. Yeah. it, It was very, it was very that, that way. And it was just everything. There was a, there was one game session where <laughs> where a friend of ours got between me and Steve because he thought any second one of us was going to throw a punch. We were just, you know, it was that kind of tension where, you know, you're just doing this to manipulate the system. No, this is logical. And, oh, it's a mess and it's horrible. And that's the drama that it, that will kill a campaign in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that that feeds into, though, that burnout. Yep. That you can only keep peace for so long between people. And then you're like, screw it. I don't have the spoons for this anymore. It's too much work. And Steve, one more Steve story. Steve killed a killed a campaign. I was done when he came over the table at another player and he's like, if our characters die in this, I will beep and kill you. <laughs> I was like, time, time, we're done. This is over because there was no way to keep playing because, you know, Steve was going out with X and then a little, 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 and the group. So the campaign was done. You know, it. it just it just killed it. Drama. Well, that's an unfortunate. I mean, those are the sometimes those are realities, and they mm-hmm. suck when they happen. And it, especially because I think that's way more likely to happen with in person games. No, where you start to develop those relate. I mean, I think one of the nice things about playing virtually, either through Roll Twenty or groups you made on D met you on D and D Beyond or groups you met through streaming, is that we definitely all come to the table with that that goal of the game first. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very lucky. I think of everyone I've played with in the last year and a half of streaming, um, I have become friends with mm-hmm. almost every one of the players. Yeah. Um, if not, I would even dare say like good friends uh, with several of them where it's like people I can text and go, hey, I'm having a, a weird day. I need help. Right, right. Um, and that's it's nice to have that. Um, as, as, as the thing I have, it reminds me a lot of the advice I give my seniors that are going away to college 
And I say, the thing you don't do is you don't live with friends. <laughs> I said, never sign up for a dorm room with your best friend from high school. <laughs> and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I say, well, here's the thing. To be a good roommate requires a certain skill set. It requires a certain relationship. Um, it carries expectations. Friends, it's a different skill set. It's a different set of expectations. Now, sometimes your roommates can become really good friends. But just because you're friends doesn't mean you're going to make good roommates. It can happen. There yeah. are exceptions to this where they, the relationship evolved out how it had to evolve. But for the most part, everyone I knew that were friends prior to moving in together yeah. had disastrous fallings mm -hmm. out. Um, because don't move in with someone you want to stay friends with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that said, I mean, you can do it. My my younger sister, um, mm. her one of her best friends was her roommate in college. They met through the dorm system. They lived together every year after her sophomore year, mm. and they remain friends to this very day. Mm. Um, but Lori came into the family by way of I need to get along with with little Noir. And I need to be friends with her, uh, roommates with her. We need to get that done. We can be friends later once we've mastered that. Right. And right. I think in the, the online gaming space, you see that more and more with that idea of like, well, we're playing D&D together. So my first priority at the table is, are we all having a really fun time together? Are we learning how to re relate to each other at the table? Are we respecting each other's characters? Right. And then... You know, hey, if we happen to keep chatting after all of this, that's great. Right. Yeah. You, and you can tell, like, like, so uh, playing over on Indoor's channel, I convinced him to do a show called Nights in the Courtyard. Uh, he came up with the name, but I said, why aren't you recording this and putting this on your Patreon? Because after every session, we sit there for half an hour and we're like, blah, 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 and, Ooh, and yep. what's next? And how do you, so recording that and then putting that as extra content out there, because you know, you're going to have that half an hour of gab after a good game, you know? So, yep. yeah, that's, that is good stuff. And I, I appreciate that. Um, holiday break. Yes. Holiday break can be really, it's one oh. of those, it's that, well, it goes to that, like most of the campaigns I played in college ended at yeah. summer vacation because everyone split up for three months and holiday break can do that too, or it's that month off. And then you come back, you got a new schedule. Maybe you broke up with somebody. So now you're, you know, you're, you've got someone new you're going out with and they've, it, yeah, it's, it's all, I always say scheduling is one of the hardest things to get past for most people. Yep. And the, the, the most of the games I've been in have ended because of just, it just got too hard to get the band together. Mm -hmm. Coupled with the other kicker on that is the, the terrible paradox of getting a group, having fun with a group, inviting people to a group, and then as schedules begin to conflict because your group got bigger, having people leave, and everyone kind of going, well, it's no fun. So-and-so's not there anymore. Right. With a little right. bit, like, as the observer going, well, you were perfectly happy for nine months before they joined the game. Why are you sad now that they left? Right, right. But there is that. What is coming up? In the hmm. land of the Greybeard Tavern. What have you got uh, on deck for the next two weeks? So we have uh, Old Guard Gaming. We made a decision, and so we're still playing on that. We've got probably 
six more sessions of this this storyline uh of this part of this chapter anyway um other than that uh monster noir is supposed to be back thursdays 8 30 uh est on uh indoor adventures we've got four more episodes of that and i don't know what's coming after that but i'll probably still be on there on thursday nights so we'll, uh, if you want to join us for whatever game we play next um Thursday nights over there is kind of the uh, kind of the off game, non D and D game. So he's trying to, to to do some other stuff. So we'll uh, knock on wood. Hopefully, I'll be in that next, you know, ten to twelve weeks over there. Um, and then Sunday, 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 playing some Wilder Myth. We're always here, ready to you know, you know, hack and slash and play with toys because well, that that game is gorgeous. I. I, I absolutely adore the people who run Wildermyth. They tried to help me to recover my stuff. They are always there to retweet what what I tweet and stuff when it deals with Wildermyth. They're 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 great folks. So check out Wildermyth. Uh, not just me on Sunday mornings, but whenever and give it a shot. And um, and then two weeks, I'll be back with you. That's it for me. Yeah, well, that sounds like a lot on the plate, and it should be fun. Um, here, we're going to be, uh, tomorrow night we've got Convergence again, and we're starting a new story arc. And I'm very lucky. Like, I asked everybody on Sunday, I'm like, so um, I'm tired. Mm. It's been a long week, um, and it hasn't started yet. Are, does anyone not feel comfortable playing Wednesday night? Because I can take a night off. Right. And all right. four of the players went, oh, no, we're good. And I went, Okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so, but I, I had some inspiration today while the kids were working in class, and so I made some notes to myself. And I was like, "All right, I think I got something fun for tomorrow night convergence." Um, and then Saturday, I've got six hours of D and D, right? Because we've right, got right. the first actual play session for the Bitter Victory, our pirate game. Then I'll have a break, and then we have another session, which is our Candle Keep group. Which is also six hours of hanging out with Jesse, which will be really cool because she's in both groups. No, oh, cool, cool, um, cool. Which is really fun. And then Sunday night, we are taking the night off from Dungeons and Dragons to do a, a passing of the torch. I've invited everybody from the Dragon Heist game and the Ravenloft game, if they're available, oh, to come right. hang out. And we're just going to play some, uh, some Jackbox on right. stream. And if anyone wants to come by the chat and be part of the audience, or if a, a of the number of us that can make it is few enough to even get in on the game. Um, Cause I'm always big on the, the games that allow for audiences. Yeah. So Fibbage is one of my favorites and split the room is one of my other favorite Jackbox mm. games. Um, and in that one, you're trying to pose a question that leads to a 50, 50 split between the two choices. Oh, so you're not trying to give the most popular answer. You're right. trying to give the most controversial answer because <laughs> you want people to go well i think it should be a and other people go no i think it should be b and that's your mission on that. and it's one way it's like the craziest concept since yeah. they came out with judge based games um and so that's going to be happening sunday night and then that's time we're into prep for the ravenloft 1921 which will have yeah. started by the time we get together next oh cool so cool, that cool, will cool. be up and running because um, right. in two weeks we will have had our first session of that group we'll have had our All session right. zero so yeah. we'll already be kind of fleshing out where that group is going to go. And it's, they're very much embracing 
The Mummy 1999 for mm-hmm. the character design and the humor. So if as I can, they should, if I can I mean, keep them a little bit, if, if they can be as scared of Strahd as as they were of the Mummy, mm-hmm. it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be neat to see another group tackle Curse of Strahd, right? Um, just to see what kind of choices they make that are different. And we're going to do. If you've read it, we're doing the uh, Lamenting House from oh. uh, Von Richten's guide is my my intro to get them up to level for Strahd itself. I have I have not cracked the book. I own the book, but it is one of those that I may play someday, hence it's on the shelf. Really? Von Richten's so, guide? Yeah. Are you sure? Because we reviewed it. Yeah, I only what I heard on the internet Ooh. is everything that, that I knew about it is is was hearsay ah. in other in other videos. So yeah. Um, what do what we got? Some well, last cool. last minute. Uh... Oh, just some people that are excited for Ravenloft, which is awesome. Mm. I'm I am excited for that group too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I w- I've hemmed and hawed at the idea of running another Ravenloft game. Mm. So I'm like, I just ran one, and someone goes, I know people that run like four Ravenloft games a week. Wow. Well, they that's all they run because that's what people want to play. Right. And right. I don't I don't blame them in the least. I had a great Twitter conversation today actually with some other DMs that are all actively running it, all the different little things they're doing differently. Um, yeah. Lots and lots of fun of things I've gleaned from that and got to share. Because I, I rewrote the uh, the Tome of Strahd. It's, mm. it's not a little two-page document. It's a, like an eight-page journal. <laughs> so, like, the whole story is in there from Strahd's point of view. Mm. Um, I also made the comment that you have to remember he's the bad guy. Right. Like, we watch Criminal Minds a lot, and every once in a while I'm like, well, I really feel bad for that guy. He didn't mean to become a sociopath. That's a really tragic. <laughs> like, like I know, I know that's like, but if you look at it, and then you have to stop and go, but he has murdered and raped eight people. Mm-hmm. You, go, you can't forget that he's the bad guy. Yeah. So, so that's where that's going to be. Um, so I'm kind of excited for that. That's what's coming up in our world. Um, continuing to work on growing a few other things. Um, so a little bit of housekeeping on the back end. If you're a fan of the podcast, so if you're listening to us there, or you're watching us live, or you're watching this video on, um, <laughs> you see what Interview with the Vampire did. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you're watching us um, on YouTube, the happy hour at the Old Timer Tavern will always be available as as soon as we record it and can get mastered and get it shared. Um, if you are interested in other podcasts that are created over here at Lantern Noir, um, they will be always immediately available on the Patreon and there will be additional opportunities to get them later down the road with a slight delay. Um, I spent all of my wind Witter break converting the convergence and water deep into podcast format. Oh, wow. So they're all going up every day. If you, if you um, search for Lantern Noir presents on your podcast platform of choice, you won't find the old timer tavern, but you will find the entire catalog of the last year of gaming uh, there for you one episode per day until we get caught up. But wow. if you're following happy hour, at the old timer tavern, well, those will always be available. I will never pay wall this content because yeah. I don't want any of you to miss this amazing gentleman I hang out with <laughs> or opportunities to hear my wisdom offered free to you. As they said in the old car commercial, just because you learn the hard way doesn't mean your kids have to way doesn't mean you're 
For our podcast people, do you have a, a parting thought before we head on out? Uh, yeah, I, and and I had actually made one for the topic that I suggested earlier today. So so all I got today today is know when you're headed for that land shark, when you're going to jump the land shark and start easing the campaign down. You know, you can see if you can see that it's coming to an end or something's going to happen, go ahead and write it into the storyline. Give everybody a notice and be like, hey, we've got about four more sessions of this. That way people don't feel hurt. They, they let down and then the expectation is there that you're going to end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And on top of that, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.